0: gamers, this is Joe What I'm Playing Now, and I have episode 127 of the podcast that was originally recorded on August 20th of 2016. Some of the games I played for this week, some Pathfinder Adventure card game, of course, my Inquisitor is coming into its own finally, and I like him. A little Captain Sonar, I got sides to the table, and I liked it. My wife and I have continued playing some Mystic Veil, and we're really enjoying that one, and I spent a little bit more time exploring planets, in no man's sky. I also talked about a few things I want to play. Enjoy the episode. Hey gamers, welcome to the games. This is Joe Luzzi from What I'm Playing Now and welcome to another episode of the What I'm Playing Now podcast. Thanks for joining me again. As always, send me some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. You can also join us in some conversations over on board game geek. We have a guild over there, the what I'm playing now guild. We are guild number two, four, four, zero. You can also follow me on Twitter at what I'm playing now. Don't forget to drop the G like I always say on Facebook. Just do a search for what I'm playing now. Our Google plus page is plusgooglecom slash the plus sign what I'm playing now podcast. And then as always, our Twitch channel, which I'm hoping will be live this evening, possibly with maybe some no man's, some more No Man's Sky, is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. Okay, let's jump into a few of the games I played for this week. Last Sunday, my group got together and we met for some more. Pathfinder Adventure Card Game. We're playing through Rise of the Rune Lords, the Season of the Rune Lords, and we actually had to replay a couple of scenarios. We had to replay... 2-1-D, cut them off at the source, and also 2-1-E, midwife crisis. Both of these were heavy with goblins, and that D6, whenever you ran into a goblin, was sometimes nice to us and sometimes it wasn't. Since I had already played these in the past and talked about them in a couple of podcasts ago, I won't go into too much detail with these. I will say I wanted to talk a little bit about my Inquisitor that I've been playing. I know a couple of podcasts ago I said I wasn't too sure how I felt about the Inquisitor and how I really liked how he was coming around. Since I've actually upgraded my deck a little bit, I've had a few weapon upgrades. I'm starting to kind of get a nice feel for what weapons work good with my character, how after killing a monster I'm able to heal myself for a card, which is oh so very nice to be able to do that, and and basically just trying to pick locations now which are pretty much heavy monster filled, trying to just kill as many monsters as possible and keep those cards cycling back into my deck from my discard pile, although that has bitten me a couple of times because there have been a few times where... My rolls just haven't been as good, and I do take some damage, and then trying to trying to heal when you're losing three or four cards sometimes just isn't the world's greatest. So it's nice to have a couple other healers in the party where if it's actually needed as we get late into the game, I can jump at, into a location or somebody can come over to my location, give me a quick heal, let me throw a couple of more cards back into the deck just to make sure I have enough of a buffer there in case if I do roll terrible again. But I'm really liking the Inquisitor now. I think the Inquisitor is really coming into their own. I really can't wait to get into some of these later scenarios. Actually pick my later um, type of card where I will get some more type of abilities and powers and stuff. So really looking forward to that. But so far, what my Inquisitor is turning into, uh, I'm really liking. I kind of just like like that little bit of health, you know self heal that I have it's definitely a little bit different than playing the paladin I'm not using the spells like the paladin did but I kind of do like the combat that I'm able to do be it either ranged via my dexterity or with just a nice finesse weapon that I might have so I I like the flexibility in that department with with the cards and with the weapons but I'm I'm really liking the inquisitor so If you're out there looking for possibly uh, a character to actually start playing with the Pathfinder Adventure card game, I've played several different characters now. I think the Inquisitor is a really interesting one and a really nice and fun one. We actually had a couple of conversations where... After we're done with Rise of the Rune Lords, we're probably going to jump into the Goblin scenarios once those are released. And I know a couple of the people we play with have a couple of the Goblin decks already. So I'm interested in possibly looking through those to see what those Goblins decks are and how those are going to play. And then, of course, we have the Mummy uh, series coming out here later on in the year, which we're looking forward to. It'll be interesting to see what they actually add in with those. And then, of course, I'm going to have to pick out a character for that. But right now, Inquisitor is my choice of and I'm having a really fun time with them. All right, then when I went down to my board game store this past Thursday for a little board game night on Thursday evening, one of the first games we sat down and played, we had a big game of Captain Sonar going. This is, I guess you can kind of say kind of like a party game because I can definitely see it playing best with eight people, which I think is the max. There are going to be two teams of four. It's almost just a really modified, updated version of Battleship. Each team is going to be controlling different components in a submarine, and each player is taking on a different role, I actually played the role of captain, and I will say I don't believe I did too good. My team lost, so I will, being the captain, I will take that upon my shoulders and, and have to burden that loss myself on my shoulders, but there were a lot of things we were learning, and there were some things that we noticed halfway through the game that we could have possibly been doing a little bit better, maybe changing our seating assignments a little bit. So a couple of the people that we didn't have sitting next to each other would. Been sitting next to each other, and we could have maybe had them communicating a little bit better once we kind of understood how the game was flowing. We were playing the game where we were just taking turns going rather than doing a real time game, which is how it's suggested. And I couldn't imagine playing a real time game first as, as my first playthrough of this. It definitely played better with doing the turn based type of strategy. But on your turn as the captain, what I would do is I would say we're going in a particular direction. One person who was to my right was actually then marking off a different piece of equipment, like either the sonar or our torpedoes or our mines. He was basically charging those up. So with each move that we made, we were able to charge up a different, essentially, part of our sub that we could then use on a later turn or on that turn if we actually filled up all of the slots that it needed. I think to fire the torpedoes, you needed two or three kind of checkboxes in there. So he would put a checkbox in one each turn that we moved And what then that would do is each turn, I would say a different direction, the person who was to my left was then checking off a particular type of component that was in the submarine. And there are four different columns, north, south, east, and west. And he would look into one of those columns. If I said north, he would go into the north column and then possibly check off maybe like our sonar. So if we wanted to utilize our sonar, I had the gentleman to my right charging up my sonar and the gentleman to my left checking off the sonar. Obviously, if something is checked off, you can't use it. That's how the game plays. That can be cleared by filling up different circuits. So on the gentleman to my left, who was actually taking care of marking off the different items like they were being used, we could follow a line. There were a couple of different circuits, and if we actually filled up that whole circuit, it cleared off to where that would then become usable And that actual like our sonar per se, would then become usable and we can then use it. So we didn't have those two people sitting next to each other. I was sitting in the middle of them. And really, the first couple of turns, we kind of understood what we were doing, but didn't understand how to really plan out for the future. And really that we all should have been talking and trying to say, let's do this and "Do put this here and move in this direction. So it was our learning game. I will say this game was okay for me. I would say half of the people that played liked it. Half of them thought it was okay. I don't think anybody really disliked it that much. We only played it the one time. I don't think I could play this game too, too often. Playing it real time, I think, would be extremely stressful because I could just imagine screaming things out and trying to follow along with what's going on. There's also one more person I haven't even mentioned that was at the table who is actually trying to listen to where the opponents are moving, and they're trying to figure out where they are. I will say once our opponents did discover us, If you don't have Run Silent ready, you're pretty much kind of dead in the water because you're not going to be able to get away. You can only move one space per turn. You're able to fire a torpedo in multiple shots, and we seem to die very quickly. I thought it was an okay game. If you like party games and are into deduction-type style of games like this, where you're trying to find somebody out, or if you like Battleship, this is definitely a good take on the Battleship type game, which I enjoyed as a kid, but I'm not really too sure I want to revisit that game now. I guess I do want to play this game after talking to a couple of the people, then when we were done playing it, maybe get in one real-time game just to see how things flow. I definitely, like I said, would make sure that my seating arrangement is different. I think sitting next to the person who was drawing the map and following where my opponent was would be something that would be advisable. And putting the other two players that I was in between next to each other I think would be advisable. And possibly just having a little more communication amongst our team would have been something that I probably should have tried to do as a captain. But we were just kind of screwing around, having a good time, acting like pirates and trying to sink each other, and we got sunk. So that was Captain Sonar. It seems to be fairly hot. It seems to be a pretty hot game right now from what I can tell. But if you're into the party games, Captain Sonar, check that one out. After that one, we played a small game of Scythe, which I was extremely excited to finally get to the table. I actually, really, I actually haven't gone through my whole box of Scythe yet. I've had my box sitting here. I've opened it up. I've looked at a lot of the components, and while I will say the components are gorgeous, the game that we did play with was a collector's edition, so I, I essentially got to play with a game that is, that is just like my box that I have downstairs. But Scythe, I'm going to only discuss very shortly today. I'm not gonna go into a huge review on it. I'm going to say a couple of things, what I thought initially about the game. There's a little bit of a learning curve. There's quite a bit going on. Once you get your tableau in front of you and some of the different once you get an engine going in the game, and it took me a little while to get the engine going because I was just having after playing Captain Sonar, my mind was just a little boggled because it just I just didn't have the greatest experience playing Captain Sonar, so sitting down and trying to learn side and then playing that. I wasn't focusing fully until partway through the game. But once I actually did start focusing on scythe fully and get really a good feel of where where I wanted my workers to go on the board, how I was moving my little token around on my tableau, doing the different actions I can do per turn, I will say I really didn't care for the faction I was playing as the faction I was playing seemed to really shine more when there was more combat going on on the board. And in our particular game, and from what I've talked to with a couple of the guys that have played the game multiple times now there sometimes isn't necessarily a lot of combat that's going to be going on in this board it's more of a resource building area control type game where combat seems to almost for lack of a better term take a back seat for right now from what I can tell only played the game once don't know if this is how it's going to be going forward or if maybe the group we were playing with would just has that type of dynamic where they weren't going after each other but I tried to go after one of my opponents and I looked at one of the other guys who was playing because we were playing a five-player game and I go, you could help me out over here and after I attack him, you could attack him and the other guy just didn't want to do that. So I couldn't even get my opponents to really help me out, try to slow somebody down when they seemed like they were actually making some advances faster than the rest of us within the game. Also, the cards that I had been given really didn't go along with the faction actions of my card or the faction abilities of my card, the special abilities. So, I was not able to complete either of the two beginning cards I had or really get any bonuses from my action uh, or my faction ability, like some of the other guys were able to take advantage of. So,. I My score was still, I think, valid for the first time playing. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Towards the end of the game, I really got my engine going. I started producing way more goods. I started expanding on the board just a little bit more. Towards the end of the game, I tried to make a move to get into the center of the board with a couple of mechs that I had, and I just didn't have the cards in my hand. The combat cards in my hand that I needed to really successfully do that, and a couple of my mechs got shoved back to my starting area, which hurt me because the game was pretty much over. I think the next turn that had gone around, so I tried to make one final push into the center of the board because one of the cards I had that might have given me some extra points was the King of the Hill card, which was to try to control that center factory part of the board during my turn and then have the most combat points available. But I was not able to do that. So that hurt me a couple of, you know, that hurt me with a couple of the ending points. But I still had quite a bit of resources available. I was able to get all four of my mechs out complete a couple other things on there and get some more stars onto the board before the game was finished. So I was happy with that. I will say I really like this game. I have a feeling that my wife is going to like this one too. So once I have a chance to sit down and really learn the rules good enough for myself to be able to teach to her, I have a feeling Scythe may be a game that could possibly hit the table quite a bit for us because my wife really enjoys area control. And even though there's not a lot of direct combat involved in this game, she enjoys worker placement. I enjoy worker placement and while sometimes sometimes area control games aren't my more favorite type of games this game in particular I liked the approach that it took I liked the way that the area control worked I liked the way you can expand out how you how there could just be such a variance in games not only between the cards that you're given, but the faction that you're taking, as I was watching how everybody was doing their different actions and everybody really needed to play the game just a little bit differently and do things a little bit differently because the actions that I could do that were on my tableau gave me different benefits and bonuses as opposed to what all of my opponents had. So that's kind of going to be my 10,000, you know, skyfoot view look of scythe right now. I definitely want to get this game to the table again. I enjoyed it. I am extremely glad that I Kickstarted this game and got the extra good components, got the extra board, got all of the cards that come with the collector's edition of the game. The components look gorgeous, the money's gorgeous, everything about the game and the art are just completely top notch. Stonemeyer Games definitely hit a home run with this one. The game does have a lot of hype to it. As of right now, I would say it's lived up to the hype. I really enjoyed it. So once I can get a few more gameplays on this one, I will give a nice better more complete review of the game but my initial review is going to be thumbs up if you can get this at a friendly local game store near you definitely pick that one up And then my wife and I have been playing some more Mystic Veil. I've talked about this one for the past couple of weeks. I wanted to wait till we got a couple more plays under our belts, and I had a really good understanding of the rules before I kind of talked about it a little bit more. And I feel like I do, even though I keep losing to my wife, which really kind of bums me out because I really like the game, and I would actually like to maybe win once in a while and not just lose constantly to, to her. And I'm trying to figure out what she's doing better than me. But once she gets her engine going, in this game and gets those cards going and starts collecting those victory points the game is over and once we count up the victory points well the last game we played was closer than the first couple of games she's still beating me which i'm just completely bummed about but let's talk a little bit about mystic veil and actually how mystic veil is played and then i'll give you some some more of my thoughts on there everybody's going to start out with a deck of 20 cards And you're going to build what's known as the commons. You're going to have a stack of fertile soil cards, which are going to be cards that have one fertile soil on there, which are going to essentially give you a mana that you're going to be able to use to produce... That's kind of the the currency in this game, to be able to purchase other cards. In essence, this game is a deck-building game, but it's taking the deck-building a step further in that you're not only building your deck, you're actually also building the cards that are within your deck. So those 20 cards that you start out with at the end of the game, you're always going to have 20 cards, essentially, in that deck of cards that you have, but they're Each card is going to change and evolve throughout the game and each card may do one or you have like eight, I believe eight or nine blank cards that you're starting out with at the beginning of the game. Those cards you will put other cards into and create cards with the commons, common cards that are out in front of you, which are the cards you're purchasing. So you're going to have three different sets of those common cards. There's going to be a level one, two and three, there are advancement cards. And in a two-player game, you're going to pick out 12 advancements, and then based on the number of your players up to four, you're going to add cards to there. And then the level two and three advancements, you're just going to play with all those, so shuffle those up and send them off to the side. You're going to flip over the top three advancements in each of those three decks. You're going to have two sets of Veil cards, a level one and level two, and then you're going to turn over four cards from each of those Veil cards, The game is victory point based, like I had mentioned before. Based on the number of players, you're going to set aside a number of victory points. Once those victory point tokens are all consumed and everybody has taken them, the game will be over once everybody has had an equal number of turns to play. And essentially that's how you're going to set up the commons. After that, you're going to set up what's known as your field, which is going to be the cards you're going to use to purchase cards in front of you. You're going to take cards from your deck, flip them over in front of you into your field. And once you have two cursed lands and then a third cursed land, which is going to be face up on your deck, you're going to stop. Whatever cards you have that are in front of you that have the blue mana token on there, that will be how much essentially money or currency or mana you have to purchase cards from the commons in the center of the table to basically add to your cards that are in front of you. There is a push or luck component to this game. So during your planting phase, which is going to be kind of like the first main part of your phase in the the game, you're going to be either allowed to pass or push. You're going to be able to take that cursed land card and maybe move it to your field and then flip over the top card if it's another cursed land you're going to do what's referred to as spoiling where you then take all the cards that you had flipped over that are in your field set them off to the side and then deal yourself out another field but if you flip over a blank card or maybe just a fertile soil card you essentially gave yourself an extra mana to use for that turn and you're then going to be able to purchase some cards during the harvest phase, which is the next phase. If you did spoil during that planting phase, like I said, you're gonna remove the cards that are in your field. You have a token that's in front of you that you can then flip over, which is going to be a token that can give you essentially an extra mana on any following turn. So if you actually do make it to the harvest phase where you don't spoil and you're ready to purchase a card, you're gonna count up how much mana you have and you're gonna take a card and then you're gonna slide it into one of the other sleeve cards that are in front of you, put those cards off to the side Deal yourself out another field after your discard phase, and that's referred to as the prep phase. Once you have three or more of the spoil icon showing in between your field as well as your deck, you're going to stop, and that's basically going to be the hand you're going to be using for the next turn. During your harvest phase, there's going to be one other thing you can do besides purchase common cards or commons cards, cards from the commons area, I guess I should say, which are the advancements cards. You can also purchase the veil cards. Some of the cards will have different tokens on them, possibly like an animal claw, kind of like a leaf symbol, a star, or there's a purple symbol, which is wild. Those veil cards are essentially going to be victory points at the end of the game or give you a bonus action, I guess, or a bonus resource that you can use on your turn that will give you something maybe each turn. So the game's a deck builder. It also has that whole card building element to it. My wife and I really enjoy the game. We like deck builders. Deck builders, we think, are a lot of fun. And I will say that the whole card building aspect of the game is just a really interesting type of thing. Now, Mystic Veil was a game that was actually taken from another game that AEG is going to be putting out, I'm hoping soon, because I really like this whole kind of like card and deck building mechanic that they have here. And that game's called called Edge of Darkness. I think I actually mentioned this last week when I had talked a little bit about Mystic Veil. Now, Edge of Darkness was a game that, when this this whole mechanic was brought to them, they actually ripped out the card-building mechanic and made Mystic Veil, because Edge of Darkness seems like it's taking the whole card-building mechanic and adding it to a much more larger type of game. There's going to be worker placement in that game, I believe you're going to be able to attack your opponents during that game, so it's going to be a lot more than just a card-slash-deck-builder, which I will say, We're having a lot of fun with just that mechanic in the game. So I can't wait for Edge of Darkness to actually come out. I think that's going to be a really slick game. I think once they also add, come out with a few more expansions for Mystic Veil, add a few more cards to there, maybe expand Mystic Veil just a little bit, we're going to we're, we'll, we're gonna be playing this game for quite a while. We haven't even come across a majority of the cards. I think each time we play the game, we're still running into newer cards that we really haven't seen yet. Also, we're coming across newer combos that we found that we're starting to learn in and really starting to figure out which cards are working really good together and how we can just get through our deck and kind of get a good flow and an engine going to where we can burn through our deck possibly in two to three turns rather than three to four. If you can actually get through your deck faster, you're going to get some of those cards out there that you've purchased, some of those advancement cards that have those victory points on there faster, which are going to give you those victory points, which are going to end the game faster faster which is going to probably give you the win, which I think is what my wife is doing to me every time. So I kind of need to listen to my own tips here and try to follow some of my own strategy. But Mystic Veil, excellent game from AEG so far. We're having a great time with it. And we actually may do a little video of the two of us actually playing this, hopefully within the next week or so. we can make, Hopefully within the next couple of weeks, we can actually get a video together of us playing and actually throw this up on our YouTube page and out on the website. Okay, and then I actually played a little bit more of No Man's Sky this week. No Man's Sky received a patch the other day, finally, and I actually played it after the patch, and I will say that the game does seem to run a little bit better. The frame rate doesn't seem to be constantly hitching and constantly bugged out, flying around and just exploring. This is a game i have a feeling that you're going to be playing in small chunks i don't think this is a game that i'm going to sit down and probably play for six to eight hours straight like i would maybe like um fallout 4 how i did for that or how i did when i was playing the witcher 3 i don't really think playing this game in huge large chunks of time like that would be good for your sanity there's a lot of exploring, and possibly, maybe once they get into some, once they get into some base building, I could see maybe playing it for a little bit longer of a time. But right now, I'm playing it in nice small chunks, where I'm just maybe exploring certain parts of a planet, and then maybe going to another planet, exploring certain parts of a, another one, and finding some different things. That will be the way I'm going to consume this game. Even though I don't think this is the game that was initially discussed, and in the way it was kind of described. It's, it's really hard to say that, though, because Hello Games was so, so kind of like mystic and really, you know, shy with what they were saying about the game and how it was. And, and they just kept a lot of stuff hidden from us. So from seeing some of those initial videos and the way the gameplay was and what it turned, what it was, how it was actually released. I think it's going to be really interesting to see how they evolve it. Because like I said, one of the things I think they're going to be adding early on is going to be base building as well as some other things to the game. So I think what they gave us was the start to a good game, but I think the evolution of this game could be something that is, is going to turn into something very good, or at at least I hope so. Let's say, all right, so that's it. Those are a few of the games that I played for the week, played a little No Man's Sky on the PC Going to try to get in a little bit more of that as well as I need to get into Shroud of the Avatar. I still have yet to actually really get through my starter area with that one. So hopefully next week I will have some nice conversations on what this game is playing since it actually is in... Well, they're not saying live. They're still saying early access, but there's not going to be any more wipes. So I think I'm actually going to go with more of a druid-type character, I think I've mentioned before, uh, instead of a paladin-type character. So I'm going to go more of an archer character with a pet-style class, and we're going to see how that goes. But that's what what we're going to do for uh, Shroud of the Avatar for now, and hopefully I'll we'll have some good conversations about that next week. Let's jump into a few of the things that I want to play now. So I left Food Chain Magnate on here again. This is probably the third time it's been on the What I Want to Play Now part of the sh- part of the show. Uh, I know I just talked about this one last week. I did not get a chance to read through the rules, so I didn't get a chance to play it or take it down to my game store on Thursday, and I'm kind of glad I didn't because it was really cool to play Scythe already. But I'm going to try to get through the rules of Food Chain Magnate probably tonight and tomorrow, and then on Monday I might head down to the game store and go down on a Monday where I, when I normally don't go down, and tried to get in a game of Food Chain Magnate and see how that one goes. So that one's at the top of my one to play. The only thing that may stop me from playing and trying to learn Food Chain Magnate tonight was that on Thursday while I was down at the store, I picked up Mansions of Madness. I had been wanting to pick up this game for a little while after I heard about the app, and the store had one copy left, so I said, you know what? Before this actually is out, and I have a feeling Fantasy Flight's going to be running out of this game probably soon because I believe it was a really good seller for them at Gen Con, And it seems like it's actually out of stock on their website as of right now. I figured, let me grab this before it's gone. And now that I've opened it up, I've looked at the components. I've read through part of the rules. I kind of want to get in a solo play of Mansions of Madness. So it all depends on how much time I have between the next couple of days and how much time I'm going to spend on Mansions of Madness, which could cut into Food Chain Magnate, which I'm hoping not. So Food Chain Magnate is getting played either Monday or Thursday. So next podcast, I should have some good, good discussions, hopefully, on Food Chain Magnate. And then, of course, I'd like to get Vast the Crystal Caverns to the table. I just received my copy of that. I'm really looking forward to playing that game. This one looks like it's got a lot of hype from Gen Con, and a lot of good reviews are coming out about this game. So I can't really wait to actually play this one, see how it goes. I did back the Kickstarter. I have my box sitting right behind me. I've looked at it. The components look really cool. The game looks like it's a lot of fun, and just can't wait to play that one as well. But other than that, that is it for this week of the What I'm Playing Now podcast. As always, send me some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to Now at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at whatimplayingnow. Don't forget to drop the G. Join us in some conversations on our Board Game Geek Guild. We are guild number 2440 on Board Game Geek. On Facebook, just do a search for What I'm Playing Now. You will find me posting a few things on there. On Google+, we are plus.google.com slash the plus sign what i'm playing now podcast and then as always our twitch channel is twitch.tv slash what i'm playing now until next week everybody you know what you need to do go out there play some games and then let me know what you're playing now have a great week everybody and we will see you later thanks for joining me bye bye